Hi there, and thanks for joining us. Coming up on this episode, we're going to hear from Grant Thornton about their big drive to hire in Cork, how a plumber from Leaside decided to reinvent the industry after returning from New Zealand, and the people who design all the good swag that you get at conferences on what's next for that sector. I'm Jonathan Healy, and this is Red Business. Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast. Have you ever had plumbing work done in your home only to have to do it again at a later date? Well, if you have, then you're not alone because a new survey shows more than half of people have had this experience. Most respondents said they were happy to pay for work carried out by a certified professional plumber. However, a quarter said they'd use an unqualified plumber if they gave a very cheap quote. And just one in ten would ask a friend or relative who does a lot of DIY to do the job for them, which sounds like a recipe for disaster. The survey was carried out by Foley's Plumbing and Electrical and its Managing Director, James Foley, is with me now. James, how are you? I'm very well, Jonathan. Thanks for asking. How are you? I'm good. It's lovely to talk to you. People are willing to take a lot of chances, aren't they? Yes, they are. But I think that's that's just the way the trade has been left over over decades. You know, it's... um, people have limited choices to go to professional companies and, and that's what I kind of are looking to to implement here with, with Foley's Plumbing and Electrical. So it's just the way it was always done. Even when I learned my trade, you know, it's, uh, you know, get the guy in for the Foxer with the cash in hand and get the, the job done quickly. Um, I think those days are, are, are gone, you know, with, like technology has moved on. Um, yeah, I mean, your home insurance is, is at risk and so on and so forth. So it's, it's just multiple factors why you should, um, you know, use a reliable, dependable company. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the problem is that if you if something goes wrong, then it can be worse to make it right. Isn't that the problem? Because if you, if you do something, and trust me, I'm a huge fan of doing things half-arsed <laughs> myself, uh, that there, there is a, a, possibly a further cost down the line for saving a few bob on day one. Yes, uh, no, it, it never saves you money. I, in my opinion, and what I've seen over over two decades, um, it doesn't save you money. And you are correct. If if you know someone has a go and they make a hames of it, we can't just add on to that because we can't stand over that, or any plumber or electrician can. So it all has to be stripped back. Plus, these days, you know, you've you've to cert everything, which which our insurance goes on and covers it for a year, say for gas works or, you know, electrical works, depending on the work. And you can't stand over, you know, some some kind of DIY or having a go. And then you adding on to it, it, it all has to be stripped back and start again. Yeah, I, you guys are, are trying to shake it up a little bit. You're, you're promising what I have to say sounds incredible. Same day plumbing. What 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 do you mean by same day plumbing? Yes. So I suppose when I came back from New Zealand in 2015, you know, just due to the recession, there wasn't more, uh, there wasn't tradesmen being traded, uh, trained. I think we, we see this now uh, quite relevant in the news. Um, so there was, you know, two to three week lead time for, for a plumber. And, you know, plumbers, you either need one or you don't. And when you do need one, you need them fairly quick uh, unless the work is planned so what we began to offer was just same day same day plumbing so there, there's a bit of uh, you know magic behind the curtain to make it happen so uh, you know we don't get tied into big big developments big building sites and so on we keep ourselves available for for the public 
Um, but yeah, so if you if you call us in the morning, uh, in the AM, we'll try and get there in the PM. And if you call us in the PM, we'll try and get there in the AM the next day, which is, you know, trying to get it in within a 24-hour clock. It depends on what time you call. Um, yeah, so it's, it's quite new. No one um, offers that type of service. Uh, no, unfortunately, at the moment, we are we're taking bookings for November. So um, kind of the smaller plumbers would be completely booked until January. So we begin to get all their surplus calls. And, and, and uh, so at the moment, we can't offer uh, same-day plumbing. We, it never does that way, coming run up to Christmas. Yeah. But for probably nine, ten months of the year, we, we can manage it. But I suppose more importantly, if, if what happened to me recently, which was the tap broke off in my hand and all of a sudden yes. there was water flying straight across the kitchen, you'd be good to respond to that, as, as thankfully my plumber was. No, I mean, in those, like, that's what I mean. You know, you either need a plumber or you don't, unless the work is planned, you're doing a renovation. So uh, it's the morning you get in to have your shower and it doesn't work or, you know, the... the toilet handle comes off in your hand you're correct but look in those instances even in this current uh, environment the way we are heavily booked you know we, we get a plumber to 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 maybe pull out off a job fly across town um at least you know isolate the water and get it stopped and then and then return to his job again you know and we, we could look at getting you sorted and the next day maybe with a new tap or something like that what's it like coming back to ireland having worked in new zealand i'm, I'm presuming you went over there probably a, a, a life a lifestyle choice if they call it that uh, just to see what the world is like and and earn a few bob while you were there and, and coming back to to ireland what was that experience like for you well uh, the experience was great but uh, just to to go back it certainly uh, wasn't a lifestyle choice i i was part of the the mass immigration um of tradesmen in 2000 and 10 2011 so there was no there was no uh, chance of a livelihood I here so, hang on a second, let me clarify that. the choice was you stayed here and didn't have a job uh, that's probably better than better <laughs> description than lifestyle choice yes 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 um yeah so i i went to, to to new zealand i have a cousin who lives in new zealand so went there the rugby world cup was on um 2011 that was coming so um, I thought that would be, you know, something nice to see. And then the earthquake had happened in Christchurch, and they were just calling every every upright person who could pick something up. Um, but what I learned there was was, you know, they say New Zealand is, is like a state of America. They kind of they trial things in New Zealand, like you know, pay by card and stuff like that before they bring it into America. Their culture is very American. Their their cities laid out in grids and stuff like that. So. Um, their, their services are the same. So I, I quickly noticed, even in New Zealand, even the smallest guy, he had somebody to answer the phone. His guys were in uniforms. His vans were labelled. They had a landline. You know, they had, uh, I suppose, accountability. You know, they, they, here in, in Ireland, traditionally, is like, you know, the white van. Um, you ask down the pub or you ask your uncle or your your, your, your mother, do you know, a good plumber. And then you, you through the digs and the reels, you might get this guy's name and number. Um in New Zealand, like that, just wouldn't that wouldn't fly, and that really caught my attention. That really, um, and I thought, Jesus, you know, people, Irish people travel the world, and they come home with all sorts of ideas what they see abroad. And um, I thought the trades myself was just the last one to be touched. Yeah, and, and, and it's so close. Like even the UK do it. You have plenty yeah. of so on. Yeah, but the, the thing is, you you you've, you've veered out of your lane slightly because, uh, as I said at the start, you are Foley's plumbing and electrical. So, wh- how did the electrical part come into it? Well, I think they they go hand in hand, really. Um, plumbers are, you know, we're trained and we can wire most things. We can't go back to the fuse board and so on, start running new cables. But if we change the immersion in the shower and so on, we're allowed to wire that back up. Um, but 
some people have a problem. So like for yourself, Jonathan, if you woke up this morning and you pulled the, pushed the button on your shower and it didn't come on, people ring us and they don't know whether they lead a plumber or an electrician. Um, and at the time, we, you know, we, we were only plumbers. Um, we'd go out there and we'd look and it would turn out you'd be an electrician. And then the customer would be disappointed that they, we couldn't fix it there and then or we're trying to explain our, our way. And then we started bringing in electricians and uh, even just doing our own work. We had like uh, one electrician just subbed full time into us. And it just made sense to, you know, get in our own guy. And offer that service out because again, another the three to four week lead time for electricians in the city. It's it's quite busy, um, and within three weeks, we were up to four electricians, two vans on the road, and and the lads are flat out. Okay, so well, it seems to be a great move. Good to hear. So, how many have you got working with you now at the moment, James? And and, and what's the ambition? Uh, we're at a, it's fluctuating all the time. I think the last headcount was at a, a twenty, um, and with the you know. A lot of that is on the plumbing side. As I said, we have four electricians, we have some office staff. So I'd like to mirror the, the electrical staff over with the, the plumbing as well. So we're, we're at least, you know, looking to, to double our staff uh, within the next 12 to, or so 14 to 16 months. But, you know, it's uh, like we alluded to at the start of the conversation. Uh, tradesmen, good tradesmen are, are hard to come by. Absolutely. But then again, uh, you, the ones, when you find a good one, you'll try to hold on to them for, for all the reasons that you'd expect. Uh, James Foley, foleysplumbing.ie is the website address if you want to get in contact with James and the team. Best of luck, James. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Jonathan. Thanks for your time. Red Business. All that's best about business in Cork. Now, our next guest works for a firm which has unveiled a huge recruitment drive across the country, including at their office in Cork. Grant Thornton, a very familiar brand, are looking to hire 830 people across Ireland. Michael Nolan is their partner for audit and assurance based in the Cork office, who's with me now. Michael, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, It's a great time to be hiring, um, and you're hiring a good few bodies. How many of these positions do you think will be in Cork? At the moment, we estimate, Jonathan, around 50 initially. Uh, like, obviously, you're aware that we moved from our original South Mall base to Penrose Dock uh, this time last year. We did that on the basis that we were kind of looking five years ahead and that we would expand. We have capacity in here for about 180, 200 people. At the moment, we employ about 130 in Cork, so we're looking to fill that capacity. Now, that capacity is probably bigger now because of the change in work, the working environment, and we're going to a kind of flexible model rather than a hybrid model or all in the office. So it'll be minimum, in short term, it'll be 50, and it depends on where it goes then, Jonathan, after that. Yeah, because it, it has changed, hasn't it? Because if you were doing a recruitment drive like this five, six years ago, uh, it would have meant you're sitting in the office full-time are some of these roles potentially more flexible? Absolutely more flexible. And we've gone to a flexible model rather than a hybrid model. Uh, we're not being prescriptive in relation to location. We're not being prescriptive in relation to time in the office. Obviously, they're important uh, because the, you have the collaboration requirements and you need to be engaged with your colleagues. But we're not being prescriptive in relation to you have to be in the office on a given day. It's it's all about a flexing work, flexible work environment where people can do it, not so much at their own timetable, but very much at a more flexible timetable. And that's why we've invested in Cork as well on the basis that Dublin is, is not necessarily the place where people want to be at the moment. They would probably want uh, a base outside. We've built 
this office on that basis that we will be able to service a national practice from Cork. Mm. Which is important because a company like Grant Thornton, it was always viewed as, well, if you're in trouble, you have to go to Dublin. Or if you're too big for any of the things in Cork, you have to go to Dublin. Are you, are you dispelling a little bit of that myth through the growth that you have seen and, and put the effort into here on Leaside? We are very much so. Like um, The growth locally has been just as good, if not faster, than the growth nationally for us so far. Um, and that's across all. We run five service lines here. Um, and across all service lines, there has been massive growth. And our consulting team has grown hugely from a standing start in 2018 with one person we know of 27. It's, it's really across all platforms. And the business community in Cork are far more willing to engage with core practices. Which is important as well because you guys have a very broad offering, don't you? There's not just one thing that you do. I know you're you're involved in audit and insurance, but there there's lots of different things that Grant Thornton do. Talk us through the suite of products that you guys have. Uh, look, we're, we're run across five service lines. Uh, one is our FAS team. Our FAS team is essentially servicing into the multinationals. It's financial accounting and advisory services. We then have our financial services advisory team, which is dealing with the banks, the likes of Unpost, the likes of all the, the, the big regulated entities. We then have the normal tax, um, which everybody unfortunately has to pay, but we have a big tax team. Uh, our audit is probably the biggest of them all. Um, that's the traditional accounting service. And then we have our consulting team. Our consulting team then do everything across corporate finance, cyber, uh, forensics, um, people in change, all those different things. That's kind mm. of the catch-all for the other services. So we have all those five teams now based in Cork, so we're rolling those services out across Munster on that. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the one thing that you speak to SMEs about, they'll always say, well, I'm, I, I, I can't afford Grant Thornton or, or I, I don't need Grant Thornton, don't need that level of care. Are you moving away from that? I mean, are you interested no. in the SMEs? No, we no, we're absolutely interested in the SMEs, and that's across all the tax and corporate finance because there's an awful lot of stuff happening there in relation to SMEs. What I always say to SMEs is, look, okay, you only want certain services, but you never know when you might need the full firepower of the firm, when you might have a cyber attack, you might have uh, HR issues, you might have banking issues. We can bring in then the firepower as required if needed, and we're as competitive as anyone else in relation to the SME business. Okay, looking at the, what you're doing, there's a thousand jobs I think you've announced over the last couple of months. What, what, is, what have you seen in the tea leaves uh, about what's coming down the track if you're that confident hiring so many, Michael? Look, we're a, we're a professional services firm. We're a function of the economy and we're a function of what our clients are doing. So we're seeing the growth and the requests coming in from our clients in relation to what's happening now and what's potentially happening in the future. You look at all the ESRI or the central bank um, projections for next year from pure economic perspective, the economy is going to grow significantly. If that happens, our clients will grow. There will be additional asks for resources, for services, for all that we provide to them. So we are very much gearing up for that growth. Okay, well, I, I, I'm hopeful. Uh, I, I hope that you're right and that the confidence is well placed. We La- all hope we're right. Well, we, we all, all hope you're right, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Last question for you, though. Uh, the view must be pretty good from the new offices. And I mean, I've been up in Penrose Dock a few times. It's a spectacular view of the city. It's magnificent. Like... If you look at it's it's a new part of Cork. What they have done here is that they have really, really taken a, 
I won't say necessarily a rundown area of Cork, but they have a, a derelict area of Cork. They have built 250,000 square feet, which is virtually fully occupied now at this stage. It's brilliantly resourced from an infrastructure perspective. And that was one of the reasons we moved here. We're next to the train station. We're across from Parnell Place. The view is spectacular, but like if, if people are looking out the window, they're not doing their job, Jonathan. You know? so, um, <laughs> well, what we I don't love necessarily it, want that either. What I love about staff. it is that they, they actually, the way a lot of the offices are designed, it, it's it's about, you know, you can enjoy the view, but you're there for your little breakout spaces or you're, you're doing whatever you're doing and you just from time to time look up and see how wonderful the city is behind you, which is kind of what you want, isn't it, Michael? Uh, it's a magnificent, we have a magnificent vista of the city. We really do. And people... Our colleagues, when they come down from Dublin, are blown away by how actually fantastic the view is and how beautiful this city is. Like you and I were proud Corkmen. Some people don't know that, but like we have fantastic views on the north side, across the south side, right up the river, right down the river. We it's Sea Park Equive. It really is fantastic. You've it's, already told me it's that, a credit to the developers. You're, you're telling me that the lads in Dublin are jealous, which is good enough. Uh, that's all we need more than I guess. Uh, people can find out more details about those uh, jobs by googling Grant Thornton and going to their Irish website. All the details are listed there. Michael Nolan of Grant Thornton and Cork. Thanks so much for talking to us. Thanks, Jonathan. Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast. We are all being encouraged to live and travel and work more sustainably at the moment. And every now and then you come across an industry that it might never occur to you might be on a sustainable journey with the rest of us. One such business is the world of promotional gifts and our next guest is the CEO of one of the leading companies of its type in Ireland, Michelle Johnson of ASA. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Uh, let's talk about the business first of all because you, you've changed your name. Um, you might talk us through the reasons and the, the rationale behind it. Yes, no problem at all. So ASA is almost 40 years in in existence, set up by my parents in the 80s. And myself and my sister Caroline are now running the business. Um, And we made the decision during COVID that really we needed a revamp of our website. And as part of that process, we looked at our name and looked at uh, what our name represents. So we made the decision that the word marketing didn't really reflect what we're doing in the marketplace. And really, we're all about brands. So our new website, ASA Brands, is um, looks at what type of products a company can brand their logo onto. Um, it also looks at the companies that we're currently dealing with, the brands that are, are part of our community. Um, we deal with a lot of the top brands and our, um, I suppose, priority is to find the right promotional item for those companies mm. um, and to brand the items with their logo. And of course, that, um, that brings and, us then to mm. the, the sustainability side of this because a lot of the traditional marketing Googas, if I could call them that, uh, would yes, have been made yes. from plastic, would have been made from things that are single use or, or if not single use, probably not justified continued use. So has there been a bit of a shift in how brands view this type of tech? Yes, it's been it's been happening um, in conjunction, I suppose, with mainstream life. 
Um, and uh, we have seen a huge increase in demand for sustainable products. Um, we have always been at the upper end of the market. So, you know, the products that we supplied always had longevity in mind. Um, but what's what the difference now is that the products are being made from recycled material. Uh, they are recycled. They are recyclable. There's lots of different categories of products that people can order. Um, but they're more widely available now as well. So the costs have come down and there's a huge appetite uh, for customers to ensure that they're giving out a sustainable item uh, to their customers and staff. And uh, how much of an awareness is there amongst the companies who are looking to do this type of thing? I mean, I'm going to go with a balloon. Now, I've nothing wrong with balloons. They're lovely. Children love balloons, but balloons are not particularly sustainable. Are companies kind of saying now, we want to do something, but we don't want to use balloons. We want to use something else. And if it is that case, what is the something else? Well, I suppose there are lots of alternative materials now for the standard products. So, um, for instance, you look at a a standard item, a pen, uh, where traditionally the pens would have been plastic. Now they're still, they can be plastic, but they can be made from recycled plastic or they can be part of the circular economy where the, the component parts can be recycled. We even have options where pens are made from ground stone and, um, you know, metal options. So you've got, so a standard product, which you look at it would look exactly the same, but the component parts are made up are made up from recycled um, materials and are possible to, with the plas- some of the plastic products as well, you can actually put them into your recycle bin when you're finished. Um, and so the, the indicators are on the product as to whether they're recycled or not. We print it on it um, to let customers know that this product is, it's possible to recycle it um, and it's it's actually down to even clothing and um, we have options now where we can source organic cotton clothing we can source re- uh, clothing made from recycled fabrics i mean the, the the options are endless really when you start delving into what's available okay um the one thing that i have lamented more than anything else in the last 20 months is not getting stuff i mean i haven't had a chance to you know get the pens or or get the books or get something yeah. that will have a constant presence in my life. I mean, I I I I loved having a notebook, um, and I always went that's that notebook belonged to that company uh, every time I looked at it. Yes. Nobody's been distributing yes. those for the last few months. So, is there going to be a rush? Do you think to get these products back to market? Well, it's interesting that you say that because what we found in the last twenty months is a huge shift from companies producing merchandise to give out to clients and give out at events and conferences, which is probably where you would have received a lot of these items. Yeah, if you just filled me pockets, so, it was great. Exactly. But the shift now has been to um, their internal staff because they didn't have home addresses for a lot of their customers. So um, we were creating individually cre- curated packs for the staff members of, of organizations and shipping them then directly to their home addresses. So ensuring that the um, that the staff had all of these products that you're talking about. Um, but we're delighted to see events coming back on stream because companies are, you know, larger volumes of items are going to be needed. And there is a huge demand. Um, now I can certainly sort you out with some notebooks and uh, and pens. We're just getting our new swag in at the moment. So we're oh, yeah. very excited about it. It's, 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 yeah, you'd, you'd miss 
life. You really do. Look, you and, would, and the, the you other would. thing is you're always waiting, particularly having worked in radio stations over the years, you're always looking to see, well, wh- what is new? Uh, you know, we went through a phase yeah. of handing out um, uh, USB sticks or we went through a phase, I mean, there was a bottle opener phase uh, that happened uh, a couple of years back that uh, fascinated me going, how many bottles are they expecting us to open? What's new <laughs> and what are companies looking for in terms of loot that can be relatively low cost, but high value and high return? Yes, well, I suppose um, it's products that are being used in everyday life. So the drinkware sector is massive. So in terms of the the reusable coffee cups, um, water bottles, so you're talking about metal water bottles, um, glass water bottles, um, items that you see people using every day, um, and and then the the clothing, high end clothing. Um, so we we've had a big demand as well for co branded items, and um, so the likes of a Patagonia jacket with the company logo on it, um, the um, Mirror water bottles. Uh, Yeti water bottles and those that are branded in, I suppose, mainstream retail. And a lot of companies want to be associated with those brands. Um, So the options are are huge, really. Um, And we can work with you on what your budget is. So it's finding uh, a quality item that suits your audience and um, the, the budget that you have to spend on items. Okay, well, uh, here's hoping that the next few months uh, see the return of notebooks into my bag uh, as I attend to various <laughs> different events going on. Uh, the, the non-branded ones were doing nothing for me, Michelle, and I'm sure you'd have happily provided any client that w- with one that would suit me. Um, people can find you at your new website. Tell us what it is. So our new website is asabrands.ie and we're on uh, all the social channels. Uh, We really feel we'd love some feedback on the website. Um, We've also added um, a shop onto the back of the website. So if a customer knows exactly what they want and they have their logo ready, they can actually go on and order the items, upload their logo and go straight through to payment. Um, So that's new for us and uh, we're very excited just to make the whole process easier for clients. Um, And then we have a really committed um, team of um, account managers and account executives here in ASA. So if somebody wants to have a little bit more of a conversation about what they'd like uh, us to help them with, you know, we're all about finding the solution, as I said, about the the right budget um, and sending products either to one address or sending them out to multiple addresses. We're equipped for all of that. Okay, I'm, I'm just leafing through the website here. It is very, very nice. Loads of bamboo, uh, which I'm presuming is the sustainable side of stuff. So I'll be, I'll be overrun with bamboo coming away from conferences and I can't wait for it, Michelle, because I know it's come from <laughs> ASA. Michelle Johnson, CEO of ASA, great car company. Thank you so much for joining us on Red Business. Thank you, Jonathan. It was a pleasure. My thanks, as always, to all of my guests. Don't forget you can download every episode of Red Business right now from redextra.ie. Kieran McDonough was the producer, and we'll catch you on the next one. Red Business. All that's best about business in court. 